Hey, welcome to the Graceful Warriors podcast. This is where faith meets fortitude. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm here to walk this journey of life with you. But hello, we have to do it one step at a time. So I am inviting you to join me as we explore the art of gracefully navigating the challenges of this world while staying true to our beliefs and embracing that warrior within. God is calling the body of Christ to rise up. So if you are ready to rise higher and embrace his light, well then warrior, this podcast is for you. Grab your sword and let's dive in. Well, hello, graceful warriors. How are you doing this week? Man, it's the last week of January. It's gone by pretty fast, don't you think? I mean, it's just like been a whirlwind of all the politicalness. And and if you're even into that, the political drama. And, and it's just, uh, have you all noticed that this winter just went by like, like here in Idaho, we had like three days of snow and that was it. And we got like dumped on 13 inches of snow. And then all of a sudden, mid-month of January, we started hitting 30s and 40s. And now here it is. We're like in the 50s on the last week of January. It's crazy, right? Well, I don't know where you guys are at or where you're listening. If you're in the States or overseas or our weather over here is just crazy. It really is the hand of God in our in our weather you know it's people say out there you know that man can control the weather they can make it snow where they want and da, da, da. And, you know i don't really know how i feel about that if they if it's actually true i don't know i don't pay attention to those things but i do know who controls it all and i think for me that is most important so i hope the rest of your week is going to go wonderful and you'll be blessed this rest of the week and and if you hey if you have joined us for the first time thank you for checking us out um we have like two playlists if you don't know where to start we have our listeners most favored most listened to episodes and you could check those out on my actual website and the link is in the description so that way I don't mess it all up they Put it in the description notes or in the show notes so you guys can click on that for the website. And on there are the, there's two different, play, well, there's actually three. I take that back. There's three of them. There's the most listened to, most downloaded episodes from all of the listeners on The Graceful Warrior. Then there is my favorites. And then there is a six-part series about the armor of God that's totally separate from everything. So if you don't know where to start, check out the two playlist of number one uh, from the listeners, most downloaded, most listened to. And then there's mine. And uh, if you want to deep dive in the armor of God, you could check that one out too. So those are there for you. And um, what else have we got going on? Oh, so I don't do this often, but I felt compelled to do this. It was, I did an interview with Jared Lasky. Um, gosh, I believe I did it in December 
or early this month. I think it was last month. And remember, if you had listened to that episode, Jared had talked about where he was in the um, in the service and um, he went in saved. And I was I didn't even know about going in and being saved. I didn't know that that I was not saved when I went in. And so now Jared ended up going back. I think it was in 2021. He said he went back to um, Afghanistan as a government contractor. And um, the Lord had just been putting on him about the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And he just has that mission of teaching everyone about the Holy Spirit. Well, Jared um, was gracious enough to, sh to send me a free book of called The Baptism with the Holy Spirit. And oh my gosh, you guys, it is an awesome, awesome book. I am in um, chapter three already. And just the way he talks about the Holy Spirit, I was like, whoa. I mean, it's just so enlightening. And um, so I want to encourage you, if you really like reading, it's not a long book. And that's what I absolutely love about it. It's probably like about 90 pages. It isn't long. You'll re you can actually read it over the weekend on a rainy day. And um, it is awesome. Jared talks about the Holy Spirit experiences, life-changing um, touch and um, biblical insights, personal stories. It's an amazing book. You check it out. It's a um, paperback and um, it's not a big, thick book. So I would highly recommend this if you are a book reader. The Baptism of the Holy Spirit by Jared Lasky, L-A-S-K-E-Y. All right. So um, we have, I'm starting tomorrow. I am going to be uh, interviewing a gal by the name of Erin Dooley. And I shared this in a promo trailer. I believe it was Monday or Tuesday about upcoming episodes. And Erin is the one where she was in a marriage for 12, 13 years. Um, something happened, they got divorced and she decided to go to Spain and do a 500 mile walk through the entire country of Spain. And she created a documentary about it. She got it published. It's on Amazon prime. It is on Tubi. You can order her DVD. Um, but if you want to check that out, we're getting ready to interview her tomorrow and prepare for recordings later on. And um, but you could check out her story on Tubi or Amazon, and it is called A Way to Forgiveness. And you're just like, wow. I watched the DVD over a weekend, and I was just like, oh my gosh, the enlightenment that she found towards the end. And it took her 30 days to walk the country of Spain. So that is coming up. And then we also are going to start recording a three-part series. This Thursday is part one. We're going to start recording um, about dreams and God's language in them, interpretations of dreams, what it all means. And it's not just that spicy pizza or spaghetti sauce you ate last night, even though we tend to blame it there. it's. But this is just one topic I thought, wow. I dream a lot and I know God is, is expressing himself in the dream, but it's for us to 
interpret it and find out the mysteries of God. And so I thought, why not better than to do, have a guest come on and talk about this, who is experienced in, in doing this and to teach us how we can do it. So that is coming up. Um, we might not have, just to let everybody know, we might not have a guest for Coffee Break with God this Friday because we've got so much in the works right now that we're trying to plan and record and meet and everything like that. So um, Friday, I will probably just put out a another Bible study, um, a favorite Bible study from previous recordings and um, to get ready for the following week of promoting probably Aaron Dooley, or maybe it's the dreams interpretations, whichever ones we can get done for next Friday. All right. The, the, the first full week of February. All right. So, all right, there's that. So we got all the, I believe I got all the house cleaning topics out of the way. All right. And so today, today's topic I wanted to get into talking about a hot and sensitive topic, both to the world and to the Christian community. And so I wanted to talk about homosexuality, transgender, and same-sex marriage. And what does God say about it? And this, this topic is just like, and this is how I got to this. Let me explain that. So, I was on a podcast Facebook page and it was a Christian one and somebody came in there and there's a lot of times I think people claim to be Christians, but they're not. But this particular person came in, posted a picture of, of Jesus, blood dripping down his face, crown of thorns on his head. And he posted that. And then his title and his YouTube video was called Jesus Loves the ABC Community, but he listed all of them. And don't judge. And I was like, wait, what? You know, and I, I said, okay, how long ago was this post? And I looked up and I think it was like either one day or two days old. Nobody liked it. Nobody posted a comment. Nobody said anything like there was nothing. I was like, interesting. And what got me fired up was the fact that this person took the scripture of judging to basically censor the people and say, and don't judge. And I said, no. I have a problem with that. And the reason I have a problem with that is because the world and sometimes even the body of Christ like to use that verse to justify their sin or to silence what the spirit has to say, to silence the believer in what they're going to say, maybe bring conviction. And I was like, no, that is not right. And so that brought me to this study. And I was like, hmm, let's take a look at such a highly sensitive, hot topic. Because we're faced with it every day. We, we're seeing it in commercials. We're seeing it in, 
in TV shows now. We're seeing it in, in cartoons. We're seeing it everywhere. We are so we're they are trying to desensitize us to where it just becomes nonchalant. Like we're just used to seeing it all the time. And so I wanted to talk about this this topic. Now, what I've got in my notes, I have probably four pages of notes. And I'm not saying that what I have here and what I've studied here is this is it. This is the moment, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that this is my study. This is what I found out. And you guys can take it. You could pray about it. You could look it up and you could make your own opinion based on what I share. All right. And, um, and as far as like my view, let me just put my view up front straight from the get go. I do not hate the homosexual world. I do not hate the transgender. I do not hate, hate same, the same sex um, couples, the individuals, what I'm saying. I do not hate them, but I hate their sin because God hates their sin. It is an abomination to God. And I am learning to go. I want to love what you love. I love who you love. And hate what you hate, which is sin. God hates sin. And so I hate the sin. All right. And so with that, now you know where I'm at. Okay. I hope you understand where I'm at. All right. So in, I don't want to say in honor of it, but I began to look up and started thinking about Pride Month. How in the world did they get Pride Month? How did they come to Juneteenth or whatever, you know, whatever they call it now? How did June come about? Why not January? Why not Why not February? It's a month of love, Valentine's Day, right? How did we get there? Well, I started doing some research and I found out way back in 1969, there was a riot in New York and it was over at a, it was a homosexual bar, a gay bar. It was a riot started at the Stonewall Inn in New York. And they actually were trying to celebrate and, and wanting to start their gay pride month, right? And it never, it was shut down. Back in 1960, down it's always been shut down, shut down, shut down until you get Biden in office. Then Biden's like, Wahoo, I love you, man. I mean, he had what the first gay person in the White House since Biden's been in office. And um, what, whatever that, that guy's name was that came into the White House. Um, but anyway. So it was started in 1969, and then when, when the homosexual world was given their, their say, their opportunity, their whatever you want to call it, their way, they went ahead and claimed June for in honor of the riot started way back in Stonewall Inn in New York. 
So there's how we get Pride Month or how they got their Pride Month. That's why they picked June, okay? And um, so here's a question. How should Christians respond to all this? What's the biblical answer? I mean, so many people just go, ah, roll their eyes and go, God will deal with them. They're going to hell. Oh, they're disgusting. You know, all of the comments that come out. You know, I, I've even done the, even for myself, I've even done that, right? That is so disgusting. That is not even, it's not even like sane to even think of doing those things. So I've had my share in how I felt about it. And so it also, this study also helped me go, wow, okay, I need to look at this differently. Now, from the context of the homosexual world, they look at the fact of being homosexual is just as much normal as being born with brown skin or white skin or black skin or blue eyes, brown eyes. They just think it's normal. That's, that's how they think. But it is not the correct and biblical way of thinking. Because, see, everything is spiritual. Everything is, it, it is just, it's a spiritual battle. Right versus wrong, right? So let's examine homosexuality. And here's what I found out, that there is a difference between active sin and temptation. Nowhere in, in scripture do we find that it is a sin to be tempted. And I mean, the Lord was tempted, was tempted in the wilderness, 40 days, 40 nights. You know, people are tempted every day in their weaknesses. But to fall into the sin, active sin, to it's kind of like me saying, hey, you know, I'm in this, I'm at a store. There's no cameras. There's nobody at the register. But the register just, it wasn't closed all the way. All the money's sitting there. Nobody's around. Am I tempted to take the money and have free money and nobody will know? And I could go, I, nobody will know. Nobody sees it. There's no cameras. It's a rundown store. They don't even have security. Nobody will know. Do I take the money, even though it's tempting me to take all that money? Or do I say no and avoid the temptation, walk out of the store and go no? Or to close the drawer and let somebody know, hey, your drawer was open. I closed it. And you defeated the, the temptation, defeated the enemy. Or do we take the money? Now, when does it become a sin? When we are tempted or when we actually are active and, and go put our hands up in there and take the money? And if you say, well, we're sinning when we go and take the money. Well, you're absolutely right. So see, being tempted in the sexual world and sexual immorality, if you are tempted, it's not a sin. The sin comes when you go ahead and, and, and taste of the fruit, when you go ahead and jump into it, when you go ahead and say, yes, I'll meet up with you, when you go ahead and you are active in it. Now it's a sin. All right. And that is when, when man is given over to the lust of their flesh, it, it's, it is, it's that carnality, it's the flesh in us where they are given over to that. And, and I want to read, let's go over to um, Romans 
and it's uh, Romans chapter one. And I believe it is verse 26. And it says, and I'm reading from the King James Version because it's the closest Bible to I have, I have to me right now. And it says, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. Why doesn't it say beautiful passions? Why doesn't it say loving passions? And it's vile. It's, it's disgusting. It's not good. For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. A woman is used to, to have babies, to procreate, right? Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. Leaving the woman, the man is going, nope, I don't want to procreate. I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to go fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm going to go fulfill that desire. Burn, they burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful. Is it, is it beautiful? Is it love? Oh, it's just love. We just love each other. Can't you just accept it? We love. No, God says it's a vile passion, it's unnatural, and it is shameful, shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. All right, so it's vile and it's shameful. That's what God says about homosexuality. That's what God says about lesbianism. It's not biblically right. It is not love. It's lust. It is sin. And when we sin, we separate ourselves from the Lord, right? So when, when they, they get involved in homosexuality, it's a, it's a result of denying and disobeying what God just said in Romans and Paul just said in Romans, that they turn to vile passion and they turn to each other instead of what we are for to procreate. You know, until that time is over, then it becomes enjoyment of the couple, right? Okay. So let's take a look at some verses here. And um, I'll make sure that I put these in the description because there's a lot of them. Some of them, I'm just going to give you the reference because some of them require reading um, the entire chapter. All right. But um, let's go over to Genesis and it's in chapter um, 19. And it's verse uh, 1 through um, 13. It says, Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he says, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house. Come over to my house. Stay over my house. Spend the night. Wash your feet. Then you can rise up early and go on your way. And they said, No. But we will spend the night in the open square. They're going to they're going to hang out in the middle of the town. But he insisted strongly. So they turned into him. They decided, OK, we'll go to your house and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. Now, right before they lay down for the night, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young. All the people from every quarter surrounded the house. Wow. That would be like scary. 
And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them to us that we may know them carnally. That's what my King James Version says. We want to know them carnally. What does carnally mean? Carnality means it means the flesh, right? They want to know them in that way. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind them. And he says, please, my brethren, he's pleading, he's begging with them. Do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. Can you imagine knowing the wickedness that we have in our cities nationwide? And if you're in a city where it's very prevalent, can you imagine if you had daughters that are virgins? Can you imagine saying, hey, no, don't. You're protecting angels in your house and you're willing to give up your own daughters, even willing to give up your own boys just so you protect the angels of God. How brave, what courage. You're just like, whoa, I don't know if I could do that. I would want to protect the angels and my kids. That's very interesting to note how Lot is willing to do that, fulfill their desire, but to protect the angels. He must have known that his daughters would be with the Lord if, if they passed away. That would be my only guess. But that was just like, that blew me away, the fact that he, he was willing to do that. And so then verse 9, it says, and they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came in to stay here. And he keeps acting as a judge. They're talking about Lot. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man lot and came near to break, to bust down. They're trying to bust in, right? But then it goes on to say that the angels reach in, they pull him in, they blind Sodom and Gomorrah. And basically the angels tell lot um, to, to, to leave, right? And we know the whole story of Sodom and Gomorrah. All right. And then um, I'm going to give you if later on, if you wanted to take a look at this, um, read Leviticus 18 and um, verse 20. But I want to read a verse in Leviticus uh, 20 to you. And it is um, verse 13. And it says, um, If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They surely they shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And so there you have it right there. Back then, it was in the Old Testament, it was the death penalty if you were caught. A man with a man, if he laid down, if you, you know, the homosexuality sin. All right. So. Um, and then let's go over and you're like, okay, well, this is so far, you've just shown me new te or old Testament, Monica. Well, let's, let's go over to the new Testament now and let's go over to, um, Romans and let's go to, um, chapter one and let's start in verse 24. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie 
and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26. There it is again. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passion. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another. Men with, with men committing, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. All right. So there it is again saying that even though I, I, we read it earlier, I just wanted to highlight that verse and then um, finish reading chapter one. And you can also go into God's judgment according to all of that about ungodliness and the, and the immorality and, and the sin and how God just condemns it all. All right. So for the sake of time, I'm going to just fast forward through through Romans 1, read Romans 2. And then I wanted to highlight 1 Corinthians um, 6 and go to verse um, 9. And it says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. People think that, well, it's just love. I love him or I love her. And, and if they're in that homosexual lifestyle or lesbian lifestyle and they are, maybe they have good jobs. Maybe they don't commit any unlawful acts in the, in the community. Maybe they're good citizens. They just want to go to work. They just want to be with their lesbian wife or their homosexual husband. And they're, they're not thinking they're doing anything wrong. And they're like, oh, we love God. No. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then it goes on to say, and, you, and you're like, well, how are you getting this that the homosexuals will not go to heaven? Check it out. Let's continue. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor re revelers, no extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So Paul is telling the people of Corinth, because at, at Corinth was, was wicked. They, they were vile. There was, there was homosexuality in um, Corinth. But some of them have turned from the lifestyle. Some of them have turned and repented. And so that's what he's saying. He's like, hey, the unrighteous, and he begins to name them all. You're, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And, um, and then in verse 18, I mean, you could finish reading all of chapter, chapter 6. But verse 18 of chapter 6, it says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, like lying or, or stealing. Um, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Sexual immorality, you, you sin against yourself. It, it, it's, it's something that stays with you when you commit that sexual immorality. And, and then on top of that, you pay the penalty of, of AIDS or all the diseases that you can get your body just pays for it. So I wanted to bring, bring that up. And then one more. Um, and this one was, I was like, well, this is pretty good. 
Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1, and it's in verse uh, 10. And it says, let's go up to verse um, 8 first. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, right? Like us. If we, we know not to steal. And if we don't steal, we don't go to prison or jail, right? All right. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for the sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, here we go, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers, and if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So they are going against the sound doctrine. They are going against the gospel of Jesus and committing these vile acts of passion, the fornicators and the homosexuals. All right. The law was created for them because they were going to do that. All right. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. So, and here's what, what I often thought of too. You have people that in a homosexual community um, or the ABC community, let's just call it the ABC community because it's both sides, both genders. They, they come out and they say, well, I was born this way. And I'm like, no, you were not born that way. It's kind of like one, if someone is born with, with that sense or that desire of violence or rage and they go out and do it, does it make it right? No, it doesn't. If he goes and does it, we don't, we don't accept that action, do we? It's wrong. We, there's a penalty for the violence. That they cannot say that they were born that way. One, it doesn't line up with the truth of the gospel, just like we read in, in Timothy. It is contrary to sound doctrine. God did not create homosexuality or lesbianism. People turn to that desire. So just because a person says that they are born with it, no, it's a, that's a downright lie from the pit of hell. All right. Um, and so what do we, what do they do when there is, when there is temptation in homosexuality? Because like I was saying, there is, there is a difference between, and I don't know if I said this before, there is a difference between being tempted. Well, yeah. I was talking about the money, um, being tempted versus act of sin. If you are tempted and tried to lure into the bedroom of a man or the bedroom of a woman based on your gender, that's not a sin to be tempted like that. It is the sin when you actively engage in it. Um, that's when it becomes a sin because we know that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, 40 days, 40 nights. He was tempted. So it wasn't a sin. It's not a sin to be tempted. And that's just like 
say for even me, if I, and I'm married and I, and I see a good looking man, it's not wrong for me to say, Hey, that's one good looking guy over there. But if I, I stop it right there, then it's fine. But if I start feeding myself, you know, how he looks and I start checking out his physique and I start thinking about him at night and I start having sexual dreams and all of that. Now it is wrong because scripture says that what so many, and I think I'll end up reading it um, later on in scripture. Um, so I'll hold the scripture reference for right now, but no, it is, it is not wrong to be tempted in sin. It is, it is wrong when we actively engage in it and we give over to it and we give in and we go do it. Okay. All right. So let's read a couple of more scriptures. Um, let's take a look at um, Galatians and go to um, chapter five. And it's, um, I think it's 13 or 15. Let me look here. Um, let's start in verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. And so basically it's kind of like saying just because you have free will doesn't mean that you, that everything that you can do in your free will, in your freedom of whatever you want to do in America, because homosexuality is not accepted in different countries. They kill you if they find out. And so what they're saying is just because Paul is saying just because you have free will doesn't mean that everything is permissible. Everything's okay to jump in. No, it's not. We don't go steal from the cash register when it's popped open just because it's there and I can freely do whatever I want because I live in America. No, there are consequences, right? Okay, so let's pop over to um, uh, Romans. It's Romans 12, and it's in um, verse 2. And I love um, Romans 12 because um, Paul doesn't beat around the bush at all. So I absolutely love all the books that Paul wrote. Um, he's very unfiltered. He puts it out there, and um, he doesn't sugarcoat it. And I absolutely love Romans 12 because it talks about um, our life and and how we should be, how should we behave as a believer? And um, so Romans 12, verse 2, and it says, And do not be conformed uh, to this world. Don't give yourself over. Don't let it change who you are. Um, but instead, be transformed, changed within by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I was like, wow. So you have two different things of conformed 
and transformed. And when I looked up, um, let me let me read it to you here. When I looked up um, transformed and the description, this is what I got. Um, it, it means to make a thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, or character of. We have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Always keeping our minds in check, always lining it up with scripture, always feeding it scripture to allow the word of God to change our character. And we, and then it also says to undergo a transformation, change the voltage of an electric current. So it, it, it goes into all of that. But what does it mean to become transformed? To change completely the appearance or character of something or someone, especially so that thing or person is improved. All right. So we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind in God's word. Amen. All right. How do we do that? Well, funny you should ask. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 6. And go to verse um, 13. Ephesians 6, just saying Ephesians 6. You should know from listening to this podcast what chapter 6 is. It is the armor of God, right? We love the whole armor of God. All right. So what does verse 13 says? say? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand all right because no matter what comes at us we are renewing our mind how we are feeding it the word of god we are not conforming to what the world says that you need to accept um who we tell you your child is you need to accept what we tell you that you're going to eat crickets you need to accept no i will not conform to that i will be transformed by the renewing of my mind through what is good what is just what is honorable according to the word of god that's what timothy says in in timothy uh first timothy 1:10 right he talks about the law the law was made for the unlawful we are not unlawful. We are only transformed by the word of God to improve us. All right. So, um, so sin, sin and in all of this, if I, if I am indulging in my sin and say theft, I'm separating myself from God because I'm desiring to steal something to gain something that is not mine, that I have not earned, as an example, then my desire for the Lord and the gifts that he has for me as I um, work towards them in following after the Lord, right? But if we repent and we turn to God, then we're going to walk away from that sin. I'm going to walk away from being a constant... Um, thief and, and robbing banks or a kleptomaniac, you know, uh, we're going to walk away from that sin and we're going to repent of our sin and, and get turned, turn from it, repent. Right. But without God, 
as the homosexual, the ABC community is, they are a slave to their sin. They are turned over to the lust of the flesh. When we read about the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness, you know, all of those things. That's how we know we can, we can characterize, ah, that's, that's a Christian because she carries or he carries the fruit of the spirit, right? But when we are giving over to the lusts of the flesh and we are conformed to the patterns of this world, we're out there cussing up a storm because the world does it. Nowadays, you don't know a Christian from, from a believer because you have a Christian that wants to cuss it up Monday through Saturday and then go, oh, holy God, on Sunday. No, they, they are conformed to the, to, the, to the world and they can put on a front to the rest of the body of Christ and say hallelujah on Sundays or sorry for cussing or oops, excuse me, or whatever. But God knows their heart and where they're walking. And he says if they are lukewarm, he wished that they were either hot or cold, not lukewarm. Because he would spit them out. He would vomit them out. And um, so we have to choose. Are we going to follow the Lord? Or are we going to allow the world to conform us to the patterns of the world? Or are we going to be transformed by the renewing of the mind through the word of God? So how did we get here? You ever think about that? How did we get so far into such sin? First and foremost, we kicked God out of the country. That, that right there is the answer. We kicked him out. And here's what I've also begun to realize is that we have begun to try to justify our sin. We have neglected the belt of truth and the whole armor of God. And in Ephesians 6, where we talk, it talks about from verse 10 all the way, um, what is it, to verse 20, there's 10 verses where it talks about the armor of God. We have given up the armor. We have taken it off because we're like, well, we have time. God's not coming until the year 2055. You know, everybody keeps saying God's coming soon and it never happens. So we get complacent. We get comfortable. And then next thing you know, we're not reading our Bible. And guess what? Next thing you know, we're conforming to the patterns of this world, right? But we cannot sit. Like I was telling you the story of how I came to this topic through that podcast page. People on there that tried to justify their sin by saying, God loves the ABC community and don't judge. You're, you are shutting me down right there. They are justifying their sin because they are saying, see, God loves. And they don't want to hear the rest of the chapter. They don't want to hear the rest of the chapter about judging. When in all actuality, and this is my going in the left field, but I'm only going to go this far with it for this exact point, is that people often, and I've seen this in the world, and I've seen this in the church, both sides will say, you're not supposed to judge me. God says, do not judge, lest you be judged. But contraire, mon frere, people don't read 
the word of God. And that's how you know that they are not reading because they quote that scripture. They don't read the rest of it. They don't read the rest of the entire books, 66 books in the Bible. And in it, God talks about when you have a believer that is that is in sin, you are, as the believer are to go to them, approach them and call their sin out to them in a loving and respectful way. If they do not repent and are sorrowful for it, they're not sorry and they're not repentant to the Lord for it, then you are to go to get um, like a board member and you go and talk to them. If they don't repent again, then you would go get like the pastor and you would everybody come and confront them. If they still do not uh, repent of their sin, then Jesus says, that you are to disregard them like a pagan or a tax collector. And we all hate taxes, right? Back then, we hated the tax collector. The Israelites hated the tax collector. They hated Matthew because he was a tax collector, right? And so, see, there is scripture that says that the body of Christ is supposed to go and confront each other with sin. And that's why it says to confess your sins one to another. When, when you mess up, that is to say, hey, wow, Susie or Bob, I really messed up here. I did this and I need some help. Someone is repenting that they messed up and it's praying with them and lifting them up and encouraging them throughout. So the church has done so much of that and they've taken the, the judge not lest you be judged. And they, they've used it to, to mute and censor the body of Christ. And it's totally wrong. And now the world does the exact same thing. All right. But what they're trying to do is to just justify their sin or their homosexual lifestyle. We're, we're taking the Bible out of context if we're trying to justify our sin according to Scripture. We know we are wrong. And we just try to fit scripture where, where it will appeal to say, hey, see, look, I'm right. See, look, you're wrong. I'm right. And, and that's not right. That's not biblical. We are in a spiritual battle and all the main goal of this spiritual battle is to invite everyone to come to Jesus. And the Lord even says, do everything that you can. I don't know where this scripture verse is at. Because I've read it many a times and I cannot remember the scripture reference. So if you know it, put it in the comments. Let me know. But there is that one scripture that says, do everything you can to snatch them from the pit of hell or from, from Satan. I can't remember the wording. But I was like, oh my gosh, it's right there. And we know the Great Commission to go out and make disciples of them. And... um. It is not love to stay quiet. It is not, well, I'm just going to mind my business. That's love to them and God will deal with them. No. When the opportunity arises to, to create that, there are times in conversations where you can create that door where you can allow them to knock on the door and say, well, what do you mean? What does Jesus say about that? Or what does that mean? You can create those opportunities to be able to share a testimony, to be able to share the word of God with that person. 
And that is the love. I mean, think about this. If, if you were, if you came to the knowledge of the Lord as a sinner, like you were out there in the world and then you came to the Lord later in life. And you remember that time of someone sharing the word of God with you and how you came to the Lord. What if that person looked at you and saw your sin? Say you were an alcoholic. Say you were addicted to pornography. Um, say you did drugs. And God, or God had that person turn their nose on you and walk away and just go, not my business. God will deal with them. And you're just like, whoa, I'm glad that I found Kim Clement videos to hear who Jesus is. Because I thought that who Jesus was growing up in my household as a kid was this controlling God and greedy for power and everything. But when I discovered Kim Clement and he explained Jesus in a way that I had never seen or heard of. I, would, I got saved through that. So can you imagine someone turning their head on you and saying, hmm, God will deal with him or her. You know, oh, he cusses. He's going to go to hell type thing. And so we have to think of it that way as far as being patient, being gentle. Not to come and say, you either repent, you're going to go to hell because God hates your homosexualness. Uh, no, you just lost a whole opportunity to witness to somebody, right? That is not the way to do it, right? But we have to be able to be patient with those. And yes, hate the sin, hate that. I've, I've begun to learn to hate that sin so much, but love, learn to love the people that God says that he loves and he loves the believers. He loves the ones that turn to him. He loves the ones that um, praise him. He loves the ones that look to him. That's who he loves. The, the wicked, the ones that are turned to vile perversions, they're not loving on God. They're not praising him on Sundays. No. All right. So same sex marriage. Is it wrong? If two people just love each other and they just want to do what's right and they, they even want to have a, have adopt a kid and raise that kid for whatever, you know, is wrong. And you're like, yes, if you say yes, it's wrong, then yes, you're right. So Matthew, if you go in into Matthew where the Beatitudes are, but if you go down to verse um I think it's in 26, Matthew 5, 26. And um, no, let's just start on 27, 27. It says, you have heard that it is said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so here's that scripture that I wanted to um, pull up and I was waiting for later is that like when I was saying, what if I said, hey, that's a good looking guy right there. He, you know, or 
you know, whoever the Hollywood star is on TV or something. Hey, that's a good looking guy. I'm not bad. I'm not sinning for saying that. Um, if I stop right there. Right. But it scripture says, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her. If I'm looking at that guy and then I'm next thing you know, I go to bed and I start thinking about that guy or and, and desire to have have sex with that guy, then then yet yeah, I have committed adultery in my heart already. So there's nothing wrong to acknowledge the beauty that God created in that woman or in that guy. It, it's but. We cannot allow the lust to go uh, to to start feeding into our hearts, to start tempting us more. And we actually step into the act of sin, right? Okay, so it's kind of like saying, well, you know, if you have like an alcohol problem, you you don't walk into a bar and you're like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have a beer. I'm not gonna have a beer. And you're sitting there and you're just sur surrounding yourself with that. Don't go to a bar and drink a beer. Maybe you should keep your eyes down or rebuke the thought in your mind by renewing your mind in the word of God and just keep on walking. You know, if you see a beautiful woman or if you see a handsome guy, just keep on walking and give it to the Lord. You know, bringing our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. So, all right. So that even, it even goes with, I would guess same-sex gay marriage. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about how gay gay marriage is good. But here's kind of what it does say. And I looked at this one. And I was like, well, that kind of that kind of does say something, right? If you go to First Corinthians um, chapter seven, it talks about the principles of marriage in that whole entire chapter. Entire chapter, right? It talks about vows. And everything. All right. But in verse two, um, it says, nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife. A man have his own wife. Not a man have a man. Not a woman have a woman. Let each woman have her own husband. Right. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her. Give the, the husband needs to give all the love to the wife. The wife needs to give all the love to the husband. Nowhere does it say husband to husband, wife to wife. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Don't deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So basically, ladies, don't be holding out on your men because men cannot go as long as women can. Or sometimes women have that strong desire. So guys, don't be holding out on your girl, okay? If you're married, don't do that. You, you do it for a certain period, you know, then you come together. Don't create an environment where your spouse can go out and commit a sin because when you make somebody else sin, then now you are wrong and you will answer for that if you make somebody else sin. All right. So be careful with that. So um, 
in here we find it is man to a woman, and that's it. I mean, from Genesis to Revelations, you do not find anywhere where it talks about gay marriage at all. Even if you go far back as the flood, two animals came, male and female, male rhino, female rhino, male horse, female horse, right? They all came as pairs, what? To procreate after the great flood. So you cannot, man and woman was created to worship God, honor God, and procreate. All right. It is the symbol of love in a marriage as the love is between God and mankind. The love there, the love between God and me would be the same as the love between a man and a woman, but greater love, right? So, and this is what I've heard too, is that, um, well, first of all, let me let me finish this point. Let's go over to um, Genesis chapter 2. And let's start in, I think it's verse 24. Um, let's go to 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife not joined to another man and they shall become one flesh and they were both naked the man and his wife and were not ashamed all right they that is the way it was set up nowhere does it say a man is supposed to leave his husband or leave his mom and dad and go be united with another man no or vice versa a woman with another woman no God does not allow that. It, do, it, it do, does not even compute in the word of God. All right. It's an abomination. It's a vile perversion. And they are given up to a reprobate mind. We just read all of those scriptures. That's what God says about it. He hates it, abhors it. All right. So here's another thing that I often hear. As people will say, well, I'm okay with their gay marriage as long as it's they don't push it on me. What they do in their bedroom, that's their own business. That is not even biblically right either, guys. That's like, you know, you telling me, well, as long as you don't steal from me, you do what you got to do, but just don't steal from me. No, that is wrong. It's just like we were talking about. If you, if the body of Christ doesn't go to that person and say, hey, you're wrong, and they don't repent of their sin and how I was going through about go to the church members all the way up to the pastor, it's the same thing. You got to think about, well, well, what if you were the one in the wrong? Wouldn't you want somebody to let you know so you could have the opportunity to repent and make it right with the Lord? You would want that same mercy that same grace being given to you so we have to change retrench we have to renew our minds god we or guys we have to renew our minds in the word of god we cannot conform to the patterns of this world the way everybody says oh well you know johnny just has his son is just gay. And so that is their thing. And we just don't say nothing. 
Look for an opportunity to say something. Look for an opportunity to share with Johnny's son about how the lifestyle is wrong. All right. And, um, but there comes a time where we have to be the peculiar people. Something is different about them. And if you are hated, are you willing to be hated because you stand up for what is right? I've come to the point in my life where I'm like, I don't care. If I'm hated by either my own family because I'm standing up for the word of God. Because I would rather lose my family in being in my life. But I do not want to lose my relationship with God Almighty. I do not want to pay the price of being living in eternity in hell. Because I decided to go with my family and how they thought. And that it was okay to rob banks than to obey the word of God and stand up and go, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. See what I'm saying? It's just, we have to come to a point where there's, there's already per persecution in the church. Are you really ready to stand up for what is right? Even to the point of death, because it's coming guys. And so transgenderism, what is it? Is it any different? I actually just, I kind of think it's the same thing. And here's what I've looked up. Actual, it is actually known as transsexualism. They changed it to transgender. But transsexualism is gender identity disorder. That's the actual like scientific definition. And, and it's like, it actually says it's a gender dysphoria or a behavior that doesn't conform to the gender they were assigned at birth. If God made you a boy or girl, and you think that you should have been the opposite of what you were born, that's what they call transsexualism or transgender. Trans say that they feel trapped in a body that they feel that is, is not their own true gender. Some go as far as, you know, the the mutilation of their body with surgery and medication to change the hormones and all of that. But there is no scripture on transsexualism or transgender. It's still all an abomination. You are changing what God made you. There's God say God made you a man, but you have some softer tendencies about you. God created that in you because maybe he needs that need you to be that later down the road but you're like well i just i have the soft side of me so what god needs that later down the road what if you're the woman and you just have this rough rough nature about you you know that you could throw down with the best of the guys maybe god needs that later down the road because you got to encourage some women to stand up and fight for what they believe in which is the word of god that doesn't mean you that you were you should be a, a lesbian or you should be um, a homosexual just because of those tendencies in you, the softer not tendencies, the softer side of you or the harder side of you. There's about there's a reason why God made you that way. I have my girlish side of me, but I also have that where I'm I'm into sports, I'm into I'll get in the mud, I'll 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 hang out with the best of the guys and laugh and joke with them. But also I know that I am a woman. 
I want to do my nails. I want to put my makeup on. I want to do my hair. You know, I'm around my boys a lot. So I laugh and joke like the boys do. I don't, I'm not very good hanging around um, girls because I, di I didn't raise girls. I raised boys. So I tend to be more boyish and joking like that and have that nature like that with them because I have boys. That's just me. You could be different. You could be straight up girlish and mom or sister, whatever, and you have boys in your household. That's fine. But that's just me. That doesn't make me wrong. So here's what I also found out as I get ready to wrap this up, too, is that I was thinking um, about this. And, you know, during COVID, we heard Fauci and, and all of them say, you know, follow the science, follow the science. And you're like, OK, well, let me follow the science then. In our DNA, you either have double X or you have XY chromosomes. That's it. You don't have XYX. You don't have YXY. You don't have triple X and a Y. That, that's it. God made only two DNAs, man or woman. There is no, I was born this way. There is no changing that. God made you who you are and loves you who you are, whether you have a softer side as a man or you have a harder side as a woman. He needs that for a reason. He put that in you because he knew you could you could handle what he needed you for in the future. And so I just wanted to, to sit down and give you my thoughts, give you my study and what I have found about the homosexual, the transgender, same sex world and what God's take is in it. So I hope you found this uh, this Bible study helpful. It really gave me some insight. It really helped me out. And um, I just wanted to say, uh, until next week, have a blessed day. And remember, you are my battle axe, says the Lord. You are my sword. With you, I will crush nations and destroy kingdoms. And with that, have a blessed day, everybody. Peace out. Well, as our time together comes to a close, remember, my fellow graceful warriors, that the path of faith is a journey with constant growth and transformation, as well as challenges. But stay strong, stay courageous, and let your grace shine bright as ever. If you found inspiration and guidance in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Graceful Warrior on your favorite podcast platform or even on my page here at Captivate and share the light with others who are seeking God's path of faith and strength in their own lives. And until next time, keep your hearts open and your spirits about. everyone. I just wanted to take a quick minute. I hope that you're enjoying this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and listening to my podcast. Wherever you listen to your favorite, I'm honored to be able to share that time with you. But hey, I wanted to let you know, I have my own webpage on Captivate. And I'm going to leave the link in the description below. But if you were to join 
me on my page, you have some perks that are coming to you. What kind of perks you say? Well, if you would subscribe for eight bucks a month, I will give you bonus content, my extra show that I have. And then on top of that, you'll get 24 hour early access to all the shows that the public already gets. And then I'll even throw in an extra perk. If you have your own business, you could send me the name of your business and I'll shout it out on this podcast at the cost of eight bucks. It's a deal in itself. I understand that if you don't want to subscribe just yet, hey, just buy me my favorite drink. I have two of them, actually. One is a cold coffee first thing in the morning. I love a caramel macchiato. And my other favorite summertime drink is a lotus banana blueberry chai. Oh, that's my favorite drink. Just hit the tip button and go ahead and leave me a tip and just buy me a drink. All right, with all of that, I just want to say thank you. And let's get back to the show.